Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the worship service wherein we observe today the feast or the Feast of Tabernacles, which we celebrate. We are truly thankful and grateful to our loving Abba, Yahuwah, our almighty Elohim in heaven, for gathering each and every one of us through the name of his beloved son, Yahushua HaMashiach, to observe the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles today. We know the seventh month contains three moedims or appointed times, three special festivals or feasts that we observe even today as members of the Assembly of Yahushua. On the first day of the seventh month, we celebrated the Feast of Trumpets. On the tenth day of the seventh month, which we observed last Tuesday or this past Tuesday, we, of course, commemorated and celebrate the death of our King Yahushua because he atoned for our sins, which is also Yahuwah's invitation that he be in our midst so that we can receive the power of his spirit and live in joy. This is why during the days of ancient Israel, after the day of atonement, which leads nicely and smoothly to the Feast of Tabernacles, the people of ancient Israel, they celebrated with great joy and festivity. We also do likewise. Even during this time, we celebrate with joy because of what the Feast of Tabernacles is all about. So what is it about? What is the purpose of the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles? What lessons can we learn from this Moedim that we can apply in our life to prepare us for the great day of our redemption? Let's begin our studies in the book of Leviticus 23, 33-36. Yahuwah said to Moses, Say to the Israelites on the 15th day of the seventh month, Yahuwah's Feast of Tabernacles begins, and it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do no regular work. For seven days, present offerings made to Yahuwah by fire, and on the eighth day, hold a sacred assembly and present an offering made to Yahuwah by fire. It is the closing assembly do no regular work. And so what is the Feast of Tabernacles all about? Bible says it is celebrated on the 15th day of the seventh month. And there are eight days in total for this celebration. Bible says there are seven days where the people are to meet together and basically have a party, a fellowship filled with joy. And they will present offerings to Yehovah Abba as an expression of their thanksgiving because they celebrate the harvest. Because during this time, the harvest is kind of, it's almost complete. And so they're going to present to Yehovah their offerings and present to him their praises and thanksgiving. There are two times when they meet for a holy convocation or a sacred assembly. When are those two times? On the first day of celebration and on the closing ceremony, which is the eighth. Today, we open the Feast of Tabernacles with this special assembly, and we will look back at the purpose of this celebration and apply in our life why we are truly faithful and loyal to our Father, Yahuwah. So what is Tabernacles all about? How many here? know what the word tabernacle means. What is a tabernacle in the first place? It's like a shelter. This is why the Feast of Tabernacles has several names. Feast of Booths, 
Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Shelters, Sukkoth is the Hebrew word for that, which is basically a tent. And so it is a temporary place of shelter. Now, what is the purpose of tabernacles? What does that point to? It points to Yahuwah tabernacling or sharing shelter with his people so that he can fellowship with his chosen ones. This is why if you go to the next slide, the Feast of Tabernacles is all about Yahuwah making a covenant with his people and dwelling with them. And it began long ago during the days of Moses when Yahuwah was it fellowshipping with his people through tabernacles. And then eventually what happened to the tabernacle? It became the temple. Eventually it will become the millennial temple. And then we're going to be with Yahuwah Abba in heaven itself, in the new Jerusalem, in the new heavens and the new earth. And so Yahuwah is telling us that we are progressing upwards and onwards into his presence in heaven. That's our final destination. However, before we go ahead and enter the presence of Yahuwah in his kingdom there in heaven, we have to understand the progression. And so if you go to the next slide, you notice the tabernacle and the temple. This is all past, right? This is history. The tabernacle is what was used during the times of wilderness wanderings. How long did they spend in the wilderness? About 40 years. And afterwards, they entered the promised land. What was the name of the promised land? Canaan, right? The promised land. Canaan. They enter Canaan through the leadership of Joshua. And eventually, they established the temple. And so the temple became the dwelling place of Yahuwah as he tabernacled with his people, Israel, here on earth. This was in the past. However, we know the celebration of the Moedim is a rehearsal for the future. And so we are rehearsing for that day when we will serve as rulers, as kings and priests, together with Mashiach Yahusha in the millennial temple. Next slide, please. This is why the millennial temple and heaven itself, it points forward. It is a future event. When we observe the Feast of Tabernacles, we are like saying to Yahuwah, we believe. We trust what you are going to do because he not only redeems us by the blood that was shed by his son, Yahusha, he will also restore us by making us his people and eventually dwelling with him in the kingdom of heaven. And so we are rehearsing for that day when we will be with Yahuwah in heaven itself. However, because we're not yet there, we are also commanded not just to rehearse the future, but also to memorialize the past, to remember and to be thankful and to learn lessons that the people of Yahuwah need to learn. This is why we're going to talk about tabernacles. What can we learn about tabernacles? What's the purpose of Yahuwah in requiring his people to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles? Let's go to the book of Leviticus now, 23, and the verses are 42 down to 43. This is what it says during those seven days 
All of you who are native Israelites are to, to live in these shelters. The purpose of this is to remind the people of Israel, generation after generation, that I rescued you from Egypt and caused you to live in shelters. I am Yahuwah, your God. As part of the observance of the Feast of Tabernacles, what was the command of Yahuwah to his people? For seven days, they were to build shelters and they were to live in those shelters. Question, if you should remember the Bible History Project, what were the building blocks of these temporary shelters? Tree parts, right? Like palms and leaves. So it's very temporary. Our houses today, what are they made of? Bricks and mortar, wood, permanent stuff. But when they were instructed to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, they were instructed to build temporary shelters, temporary tents. And they were to live in those tents for how long? Seven days. It would be kind of fun to do that today, right? Could you imagine if all of us were, are able to gather together, go to some campsite and kind of build our tents and kind of dwell there for seven days? This is in the instruction of Yahuwah to his people, Israel. And there was a reason why this was instructed to them. You notice what the Bible says? You, know, you notice what Yahuwah says? This is to be done and its purpose is to what? Starts with the letter R. Remind. Do you know why we need reminding? Because people have a tendency to forget. And so when they were instructed to live in shelters, its purpose was to remind. Remind who? The future generations of the people of Yahuwah. And so when they were living in shelters, this causes the future generation of the people of Israel to ask questions. Dad, mom, why are we doing this? And so what opportunity do the parents have? They now get to teach their children all about the deliverance of Yahuwah, the mighty hand of Yahuwah, the kindness of Yahuwah. And what is its purpose? When we teach our children, when we teach the future generation, about the kindness and power of Yahuwah. What does that fulfill? Let's read what it says. In the book of Psalms 78, 5 to 7, he gave laws to the people of Israel and commandments to the descendants of Jacob. He instructed our ancestors to teach his laws to their children so that the next generation might learn them and in turn to tell their children. In this way, they also will put their trust in God and not forget what he has done, but always obey his commandments. And so what was the purpose of Yahuwah's instruction to remind the children about his laws, about his commands? It is so that the generation that comes after the present generation will continue to trust in who? Yahuwah. You see, that's the key. Because when a generation loses trust in Yahuwah, what happens to them? They backslide. They forget about Yahuwah. And when you forget about Yahuwah and you begin to think only of yourself, then no longer does Yahuwah have a part in one's heart. This is what happened to ancient Israel. And we must not allow this to happen to us. 
And this is why, even though we are living in the New Testament time, we still observe this Moedim to give us the opportunity to remind the future generation to trust in Yahuwah, to obey his commandments. You know what? Yahuwah wanted the generations of his people to learn from tabernacles. Let's go back to the book of Psalm, or Leviticus rather. This is what it says. During those seven days, all of you who are native Israelites are to live in these shelters. The purpose of this is to remind the people of Israel, generation after generation, two things. That the people of Israel need to learn. What's number one? That I rescued you from Egypt. That's number one. What else? And caused you to live in shelters. That's number two. Two things we need to remind ourselves of, which is what we do when we celebrate this first day of the Feast of Tabernacle Celebration. Number one, Yahuwah rescues his people. It doesn't matter what age, what generation we belong to. If we belong to the people of Yahuwah and the people of Yahuwah are being oppressed, Yahuwah will deliver his people. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? You see, we need to believe that. We need to trust that we can always rely upon the mighty hand of Yahuwah. We need to impress that idea, that truth in the hearts and minds of our young kids. What else must we also remind ourselves of? We need to remind ourselves of how Yahuwah guided them in the shelters. Do you know how Yahuwah delivered his people, ancient Yesharal, ancient Israel, during ancient times? Let's go to the book of Psalms 78, 12 to 16. While their ancestors watched, God performed miracles in the plain of Zoan, the land of Egypt. He divided the sea and took them through it. He made the water stand like walls. By day, he led them with a cloud and all night long with the light of a fire. He split rocks open in the desert and gave them water from the depths. He caused a stream to come out of the rock and made water flow like a river. So according to scriptures, how did Yahuwah deliver his people Israel? How did he rescue his chosen ones from bondage? In Egypt, Bible says, with great power and miracles. When Yahuwah delivered his people Israel, what did Israel contribute in her deliverance? What did they do? Really nothing, right? It was all who? It was all Yahuwah. They did not have to raise a hand against the Egyptians. What did, what did they do? They raised their hands to Abba. And what did Abba do? When they cried to Yahuwah. Bible says. The Red Sea. Was split in half. And the sea. Stood like walls. I think you have an idea. Of what this looks like. Right? When we kind of. When we watch the movie. The Ten Commandments. And you see the waters. Being split in two. And perhaps one day we can go on a trip to Egypt, go on a trip to maybe kind of go through the, uh, the journey of the ancient Israelites as they crossed the Red Sea. How many here 
but one across the Red Sea. Maybe not today, <laughs> right? Because that's not promised today. We don't know if we can do that today. But, you know, Yahuwah did that. And when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, the waters came back and it destroyed all of the Egyptians and the people of Israel. They were able to cross the Red Sea unscathed. Who delivered them? Yahuwah Abba. We need, to we need to remember this about our father, Yahuwah. But not only that. After they were, they were delivered and they were wandering through the wilderness, what did Yahuwah do for them? Let's read now the book of Exodus 40, 34 to 38. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of Yahuwah filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it. And the glory of Yahuwah filled the tabernacle. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey, following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of Yahuwah hovered over the tabernacle during the day. And at night, fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. This continued throughout all their journeys. And so Yahuwah, after delivering his people from the enemy, the Egyptians, what did Yahuwah do? He provided continual guidance for them. You notice Yahuwah did not abandon his people. Yahuwah is God who, who is involved in the lives of his people. He doesn't just set us free. And then say to us, okay, do whatever you want. Check back with me later. No. After Yahuwah dispatches the adversaries, Yahuwah takes a personal approach in guiding his people every single day, every step of the way. How so? The tabernacle. But this is not the tabernacle we're talking about that we make with our own hands. This is a tabernacle that was specifically made for the purpose of Yahuwah being able to be in the midst of the people Israel. This is why we had a study about the tabernacle in one of our BHPs and how it points to who? A picture of Yahusha. But before Yahusha came, Yahuwah provided the means by which he can be in the presence of his people and guide his people. And so how were they guided? Bible says the tabernacle was filled with the glory and presence of Yahuwah, and there was a cloud, right? The Bible says, what was the purpose of this cloud? Whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, what did the people of Israel have to do? It would have to follow the cloud. In other words, Yahuwah was giving them specific instructions concerning where to go. When it stopped, what did they have to do? They had to stop and remain there. They only move when it moves. Very different from today, right? Nowadays, we do whatever we want, don't we? Wherever we want to go. We love our freedom, which is good. I mean, we're really, truly fortunate we have freedom. We value our freedom. But at the same time, we also have to remember, yes, we have freedom. But maybe it's a good idea that we kind of ask for guidance, right? What do you think? You think that's a good idea? Yes, we have freedom. But one of the lessons that we need to learn from tabernacles is despite the freedom we have, we don't always make the best, the best choices in life. 
This is why we love that Proverbs. Remember Proverbs 3, 5 down to 7? Do not trust in your own wisdom. Do not think that you are wiser than you are, right? To always acknowledge and remember God in all that you do. This is what Tabernacles teaches us. Because during the wilderness days, when they were traveling through the wilderness, they had to depend completely, completely dependent upon God. When they're going to go, where they're going to go, they do not take action. They do not take the next step until they see that cloud. It represents the presence of Yahuwah. But not only that, do you know what else Yahuwah provided for his people Israel during the days of the wilderness journey? In the book of Psalms 78, 23, down to 29, this is what it says. Please listen. But he spoke to the sky above and commanded its doors to open. He gave them grain from heaven by sending down manna for them to eat. So they ate the food of the angels and God gave them all they wanted. He also caused the east wind to blow and by his power he stirred up the south wind. And to his people he sent down birds, as many as the grains of sand on the shore. They fell in the middle of the camp all around the tents. So the people ate and were satisfied. God gave them what they wanted. So not only did our father Yahuwah provide them step-by-step direction, Yahuwah also provided for their needs, right? How so? Bible says Yahuwah gave them bread. Yahuwah gave them meat. What was the bread called? Mana. How about the meat? I think it was quail, right? Birds to eat. And so they had quail to eat. Mana from heaven. Bible says they were satisfied with what Yahuwah provided for them. There's something we need to understand here. When the manna fell, how much were they supposed to get? Just enough for one day. The manna that they ate, the bird that was given to them to eat, did they have to work for that? No, they did not have to work for that. Kind of just fell to them. All they needed to do was kind of scatter it or gather it together, right? But they were only supposed to gather enough just for. One day. Do you know what the father's teaching the people of Israel in the wilderness? What is the father teaching his people Israel in the wilderness? Depend on me every single day of your life. Do you see the pattern in the wilderness? In the wilderness, Yahuwah was training his people to completely depend on him. This is why. Before they take a next step, where's the cloud, right? The food they're going to eat, Yahuwah gives it to them from heaven. The bird, they wait for the bird to come when Yahuwah provides. So everything they did, everything they needed, it was based upon their complete trust, dependence upon Yahuwah. And so brethren, that's something that we need to impress in our minds and in our hearts today. A lesson that we need to learn. For the festival of shelters, we need to trust Yahuwah, not just some of the days, not just most of the days, but how often? Every day in our life. Rely on his kindness. Rely on his provision. Unfortunately, 
did Israel learn this lesson? Unfortunately, no, because they betrayed Yahuwah. Instead of worshiping Yahuwah, what did they do? They worshiped idols. Instead of trusting Yahuwah, what did they do? They complained against him and broke his laws and his commands. This is why Yahuwah had to discipline them. What happened to the people of Israel? They were sent away in captivity, beginning with Israel, the house of Israel, and then with the house of Judah. But eventually, what did Yahuwah do? He brought them back to the land. And when they were brought back to the land, Yahuwah moved by means of his spirit. And you know what he caused the people to do after the captivity? Let's go back. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, chapters 8. And the verses are 13 down to 15. This is what it says. The next day, the heads of the clans, together with the priests and the Levites, went to Ezra to study the teachings of the law. They discovered that the law, which Yahuwah gave through Moses, ordered the people of Israel to live in temporary shelters during the festival of shelters. So they gave the following instructions and sent them all through Jerusalem and the other cities and towns. Go out to the hills and get branches from pines, olives, myrtles, palms, and other trees to make shelters according to the instructions written in the law. And so after the captivity, Yahuwah had mercy upon his people again. And they were brought back to the land of Israel, to Jerusalem. And when these remnants who were taken from Babylon were brought back to Jerusalem, Yahuwah moved them to do something. What, were, what did Yahuwah move them to do? They were all moved to go to Ezra so that they can study the book of the law. And so they studied the law. They studied the commandments of Yahuwah. When we study the commandments of Yahuwah, when we, come at, when we study the law, do good things happen? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, two years ago, were, were we practicing what we're practicing today two years ago? How about five years ago? Were we practicing what we're practicing today five years ago? No. Because five years ago, we kind of abandoned our study of scripture, right? Why? Because we had this idea. We're only supposed to believe what was taught to us. And when you have this kind of idea, we're not going to learn. When the people of Israel, when they were gathered by Yahuwah again, when Yahuwah reached out his hand for the first time and brought a remnant of his people to Jerusalem, what did they do? They were moved to study the law. When we were exiled, when we were removed and set apart, what did we do? Did we not also study the law? When they studied the law, the remnant whom Yahuwah brought together for himself, what did they discover? They discovered on the second day, which would be the second day of the seventh month, one day after trumpets, they discovered, you know what? The law says we ought to be celebrating the Feast of Shelter soon. We have a couple of days to prepare. And so they studied the law. They looked at the details. We're supposed to be observing the Feast of Shelters, the Feast of Tabernacles. So what were they commanded to do? Go out into the hills. Look for branches, olives, myrtles, palms, so that they can make what? Shelters. Do you know why? They did that because after captivity, the people 
who represented the remnant because not everyone left Babylon. In fact, the majority remained in Babylon because they got, they got accustomed to the life in Babylon. It was a prosperous place. But there was a remnant who left Babylon and wanted to go to Jerusalem. And you know what their hearts were telling them to do? To repent. They were repentant. They had a repentant heart. They were moved because of what happened to them in the captivity. And so they were open to observing and to carrying out in great detail the commandments of Yahuwah. So what happened after this? Let's read the book of Nehemiah 8, 17, 18. All the people who had come back from captivity built shelters and lived in them. This was the first time it had been done since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. And everybody was excited and happy. From the first day of the festival to the last, they read as part of God's law every day. They celebrated for seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a closing ceremony as required in the law. And so because they were moved in their heart, a repentant and humble heart to do whatever Yahuwah tells them to do. What did the people of Israel, the remnant of Israel do during this time? Bible says they closely celebrated and observed the feast tabernacles for how long? Seven days plus the eighth day, the closing ceremony. You notice what the Bible says though? Something that should cause us to think. Look at the passage. There's something there that should have caught our attention. You notice something in the passage? How many see it? The law requires it, yeah? That's very true. But what else? This is something very intriguing. There's something Nehemiah writes that should be I don't know, maybe disturbing? These are the people of Israel. The promises of Yahuwah was given to them, yet despite this, you notice something? All the people who had come back from captivity built shelters and lived in them. Next statement, look at the next statement. This was the first time it had been done since the days of that's amazing, isn't it? Wait, 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 wait. Well, how about during the days of Solomon, the days of um, David, the days of Saul, the days of the kings? Maybe they, perhaps they celebrated it, but it wasn't to the same degree that they were celebrating, celebrating it today. In other words, they forgot about who? Yahuwah. I mean, when they celebrated after the captivity, it hasn't been done since when? The days of Joshua. I wonder what happened during the days of Joshua, which caused the people of Israel to kind of like disregard the Feast of Tabernacles. I wonder what happened. You want to know? Well, let's go to Joshua. Chapters 5 and the verses 12. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land, and it was never seen again. So from, the, from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan, which was the plan of Yahuwah. 
And so what happened during the days of Joshua? And so after crossing the Jordan River, which was like the second exodus, right? Yahuwah tells them, you're going to eat off the land. The land is going to produce food for you. And so once they began to eat the crops of the land, the promised land, a fertile land. Remember what the reports were? It was a land flowing with, I forget, milk and honey with grapes this large. It was a fertile land. Israel, they were beginning to eat the crops of the land. It became plentiful for them. And then what stopped? Mana stopped. And so the people of Israel, when they crossed the Jordan, when they were established in the land of Canaan, what were they able to do? They were able to produce their own food, which is interesting. Yahuwah gives them some independence. You notice that? Before, they were completely what? Dependent on the manna. The manna stopped. Now they plant. So they put work in before they didn't do any work. Now they put work in. They cultivate the land. They plant the seeds and they harvest the crops. But they were commanded to remember who? Yahuwah. And that was a, it was a partnership. Yahuwah causes the land to produce fruit. But they had to do the work of planting the crops. Right? There was a partnership. There was a covenant between Yahuwah and his people. Something happened though. When they were beginning to produce more and more. And they began to stop depending upon Yahuwah for manna to fall from heaven. What happened? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 8, 11 to 14. Make certain. This is a warning from Yahuwah. Because he knows human nature. Right? This is true. And when we read this passage, let's examine ourselves to see whether or not it applies to us. Is that okay? Deuteronomy 8, 11 to 14. Make certain that you do not forget Yahuwah your God. Do not fail to obey any of his laws that I am giving you today when you have all you want to eat and have built good houses to live in. And when your cattle and sheep, your silver and gold and all your other possessions have increased, be sure that you do not become proud and forget Yahuwah your God who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. What is the tendency of the human heart. What is the tendency of human nature? Yeah. When you become prosperous. There's a tendency to forget who? Yahuwah God. True or not? Very true. Has that happened to us? Has that happened to us? If we're going to be honest. Yahuwah said in advance. This is what's going to happen. And sure enough, it's what happened. When they entered the promised land and it was fertile for producing food, they began to build houses, good houses, unlike the tabernacles or shelters they were used to living. Can you compare a nice house and a tent? Before they were living in a tent, because they were living in a tent, they were reminded you know what? You cannot possibly survive unless Yahuwah God is going to be by your side, right? But now they have a big house. They find protection. These walls protect me. And so there's this false sense of protection that they get because of their prosperity. So sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not careful with our heart, 
What happens when we become successful? What happens when we become prosperous and affluent because Yahuwah has blessed us? Sometimes we might become proud and forget who. Yahuwah. Is this what happened to Israel? Yes. They entered the promised land. The work of their hands were blessed. They prospered in every way. And then they forget Yahuwah. It was during the days of Solomon. When Israel became so prosperous, became famous, they forgot all about Yahuwah. This is why we're not surprised. Nehemiah said, after captivity, when they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, it was during that time that they had such a joy-filled celebration ever since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun. Because the prosperity of Israel caused them to forget about Yahuwah. And so the purpose of celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles is to remind us we need to always depend on who? Yahuwah. Depend on Yahuwah every day in our life. And so what should be our mindset now that we are waiting for our salvation? Let's read the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. How should we consider ourselves as we prepare for the day when Yahuwah Abba will tabernacle with us in heaven itself? Bible says we are what? Sojourners and pilgrims. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a pilgrim? Brother Maddie, are you a pilgrim? Yeah. You know what? We're citizens of the United States of America. Some are citizens of Japan. Some are citizens of the Philippines. But when we look at our spiritual journey, we are, be, we are more than that. We are citizens of what? Heaven, right? Do you believe that you are a citizen of heaven? If we truly believe we are a citizen of heaven, then what are we on earth? Pilgrims, sojourners. What does that mean? If we are pilgrims and we are sojourners here on earth, what does that mean? Hebrews chapter 11, 13 down to 16. This is what the Bible tells us. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the, that country, from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Brothers and sisters, what does it mean that we are pilgrims, that we are sojourners, strangers here on earth? It means... Our true home is in the heavenly country. We're not there yet. We are here. And so how should we consider this world? It's not our permanent home. We're just passing through. 
like a person who goes to the airport, right? Anyone here been to the airport before? When you go to the airport, where, where is your destination? You drive to the airport and then the plane comes and takes you to a different place, right? When you go to the airport, you start packing your unpacking your stuff and building a home in the airport. No, you don't, because that's not your destination. In a way, this earth is like that. We're just passing through. Where is our true place? The heavenly country. What must we do as people of Allahim, purchased by the blood of our King Yahusha, making us citizens of heaven? We have to declare by faith. By, that we are but pilgrims here. And when we declare by faith and we are moved by our actions that indeed our true home is in heaven, Yahuwah says, the Bible says, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. Brethren, this place is not permanent. This is what shelters the Feast of Tabernacles also teaches us, number one. It teaches us to depend on who? Yahuwah every day. It's number one. Number two, it teaches us everything here on earth is what? Temporary. Like the shelters. This earth is like a shelter that's temporary. And so we need to put that in our minds. What is the blessing? What is the benefit? How can we recognize those who truly believe that? Because one might say, yeah, I believe. I believe, brother, that my true home is not here on earth. My true home is in heaven. I believe that. If we truly believe that. How can we recognize those who truly believe that? Let's read the book of Hebrews 10, 32, down to 34. This is what it says. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. How can we recognize those who truly believe with all their heart that they are citizens of heaven, that they are but pilgrims and strangers and sojourners here on earth? Bible says even if they are taken to jail because of their faith in Yahusha. Even if they're persecuted, even if they're going through sufferings, even if they lose all their material things, they still are joyful. Why is that? Because there's something that is waiting for them that will last forever. You know, many people today, when they get sick, when they lose their job, they lose their homes. When they get persecuted, when they suffer, they weep. They become sad. And that's okay. That's a human response. But for the true people of Yahusha, they may weep. They may be sad. They may cry. But they're not overcome by that suffering. What will prevail over them? Joy. Why? Because they're not of this earth. Because they believe whatever's happening to them on earth because of their faith in Yahushua. All of that is to prepare them for their true home, which is where? 
This is why the early followers of Yahushua, if you will read the book of Revelation 2 to 3, you will be inspired by those who hung on, held on to Yahushua, thrown into the arena to be devoured by beasts. And while they were thrown into the arena to be devoured by beasts because of their faith in Yahushua, they were singing hymns. They were being put to death, but they were singing hymns. Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, he looked up and he said and prayed to the Father through Yahushua, please forgive these people. That's what it means to be a true pilgrim. This world is not permanent. There's something awaiting us all. That is the promise for those who belong to Yahushua. This is why what must, we all, what must be in our mind at all times while we wait for that day when Yahushua at the sound of the trumpet will come back and change our physical bodies so that we can become like him. Let's read the book of Colossians chapter 3. And the verses are 1 to 4. That you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. Not the things of earth. For you died in this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world. You will share in all his glory. What must we do now that we wait for that day when Yahushua is going to be sent by Abba at the sound of the last trumpet so that we can be with him at the sound of that last trumpet will cause us to be changed physically so we will have a spiritual body. The Bible says, let us set our, high, our sights in the realities of heaven, not the things on earth. The Bible says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why does Apostle Paul advise us to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth? Because when we think about the things of earth, you might become distracted. We might forget that we are citizens of heaven. Because I believe before we assemble together today, perhaps we forgot all about our true citizenship. This is why we have the festival of tabernacles to remind us of our true citizenship. And so what does Apostle Paul tell us? Always think about heaven. Always think about our true life, which is hidden in Christ Yahushua. What happens when Christ Yahushua is revealed? The Bible says we will share in his glory. Brethren, do not be distracted. Do not think that life here on earth is all that there is. Apostle Paul said, if our hope in Christ Yahushua is this earth, we are the most pitiable of all the people on earth. Yahushua died, not so that we can have abundance of things on earth. Yahushua died so that we can be citizens of heaven and be with Father in heaven forever. That's the glory Apostle Paul is speaking about that we will share with our King, Yahushua. And so, brethren, we are on a journey, right? We are pilgrims, just like the ancient Israelites who were on a journey through the wilderness for how long again? 40 years. But, you know, the ancient Israelites were fortunate because they had manna. Brethren, 
while we're waiting for the appearing of our king. Do we also have mana? Because the ancient Israelites, they depended on that mana every day. How about us? Do we have mana? Let's find out. We're almost done. The book of John, 647 to 51. Who is the one speaking here, by the way? Our King Yahusha. Look what he says. Yahusha says, I tell you the truth. He's not lying. He wants us, whenever Yahusha says, I tell you the truth, you better listen up. Because what I'm about to tell you is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You better believe this. And if you truly believe this, it's going to change your life. When Yahushua begins a statement by saying, this is the truth, listen to it well. Look at what he says. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. It begins with faith. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, our ancestors, ate manna in the wilderness. But they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Brothers and sisters, this is amazing. When Yahuwah, because of his love for his people, teaching them to depend upon him every single day of their life, Yahuwah gave them manna to eat. But Yahusha says, your ancestors had manna. You have something better now. We have something better today. What is that? The living manna. The living bread. Who is that living bread? Yahusha. Hamashiach, what does he instruct all of us to do? Eat from that living bread, because that bread is also his flesh. Remember when Yahuwah gave manna to the people of Israel? He also gave them flesh, also gave them meat to nourish them, strengthen them. Yahushua says, I am that flesh. I am that bread. Eat from me. What does it mean that we are, we are to eat from our king, Yahushua? Let's keep reading. 55 to 58. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living father who sent me in the same way. Anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Brothers and sisters, we have something way better than mana. We have Yahushua. And our King Yahushua says, eat from me. What does it mean when Yahushua says, eat from me? Is it a physical eating? No, it's symbolical. What does it mean? It means we are to feed on Yahushua. In other words, we are to be sustained and strengthened and nurtured by our King. Yahusha. During the ancient Israelites' wanderings, how often did they feed off manna? How often? Every day, Yahuwah was teaching them to depend on the manna. To depend on Yahuwah giving the manna every day. Brethren, today, our Father, who sent His Son, is teaching us a similar lesson. 
But instead of manna, we have something way better. We have Yahusha. The Father is teaching us, depend on who? Yahusha every day. Not just once in a while. Not just during times of worship assemblies. No, every day in our life, we are to look up to heaven and say, Father, thank you. Because you have given me your son. And at the same time, we go to our King Yahusha and say to him, Yahusha, I open my heart to you. Because daily he knocks on the doors of our hearts. In that special time of the day called the sup, the supper. He wants to spend that with us to teach us, to nourish us, and to strengthen us. This is why it's called the living bread. But what Yahushua wants is we must depend on him every single time. This is the message of the Feast of Tabernacles. The message is to depend upon Yahushua, the living manna, every day in our life. Invite him into your heart every day and depend on him with every step, every decision that you make in life. May it go through, go through our mediator, the one who loves us. The one who gave his life for us. Our King Yahushua. How can we recognize those. Who feed off of Yahushua. And live because of him. You notice what Yahushua says. I live. The Bible says. I remain. They remain in me. And I. In him. What does that mean? Let's read the final passage of our studies. In the book of John. 15, 4, 9 to 11. Live in me. And I will live in you. Branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine. The same way you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. I have loved you the same way the Father has loved me. So live in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will live in my love. I have obeyed my Father's commandments. And in that way, I live in his love. I have told you this. So that you will be as joyful as I am. And your joy will be complete. Brothers and sisters, before we pray as a congregation, the message of our Father, Yahuwah, for this day of tabernacles, is for us to depend upon his son every day in our life. So that we can live in him. And when we live in him, he lives in us. What greater blessing is there than to have our king live in us? Brethren, none of us deserve our king. When we look at the kings of the world today, people who live in power, people who are admired by many, the leaders of the world. No one can approach them. If you need help, you have to go through all of these different things before you can even receive any kind of message. But our king is different. Our high priest is different. He wants to live in us. So that we can experience his love. When we experience his love, what is the result? What is the fruit of that? Bible says, Yahushua himself says, I have told you this so that you will be as joyful as I am. 
and your joy will be complete. Brethren, the celebration of tabernacles is one filled with joy. But for us, that joy can only be complete when we bring our King Yahusha into our hearts. When we let him live in us. Because it's only when he lives in us. When we begin to realize it doesn't matter anymore what happens to us. We can be weak. We may lose our health. We may lose many things in this life. But if Yahushua lives in us, we have everything we ever need. We will have that love and joy complete in us. And we will be able to say with all sincerity and faith, this is not my true home. I'm waiting for that trumpet sound. And we will look up to the heavens. And we will long for his appearing. So that he can bring us and embrace us. But while we wait, Yahusha can be in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. To give us joy while we wait. And once we are with him, that joy is going to be complete at last. May Yahuwah bless us all. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba. Yes. Gracious Yahuwah Allahim in heaven. Amen. Thank you so much. For the plans that you have. Yes, always thinking of us. Yes. Because we have become your sons and daughters. Yes. You were not yet finished with your work. Yes. And so we are not surprised. There are many calamities. Yes. Diseases. Hardships and poverty. Yes. We are still walking through the wilderness. Yes. But we realize today. This is not our home at all. Yes. You are preparing a heavenly country. Yes. You are calling us to yourself. Yes. Through your beloved son, Yahushua. Amen. Thank you for giving us this message. Yes. To remind us life on earth is not permanent. Yes. That we are to fix our gaze upon you. Yes. To think of the realities of heaven. Yes. Because that is where you call us to be. Amen. We long for your presence. Yes, what would a celebration be if you will not tabernacle with your people? Yes. You gave the power of your Holy Spirit to the assembly through your son, Yahushua, yes. so that we can find you, be with you, yes. find peace, healing, and strength. Amen. We need that now, loving Abba, from all over the world. We assemble together today to thank you, Father, for providing for us. If in the past we have forgotten you, if in the past because of your blessings and prosperity, we have neglected you, loving Abba, forgive us, cleanse us. Help us to remember you, yes. to give ourselves to you yes. as a living sacrifice. Amen. Our King Yahushua, you tabernacle in our hearts yes. by means of your spirit. Yes. Night and day you knock on our hearts. Yes. You want to be in us. Yes. We accept wholeheartedly and humbly yes. your invitation to live in us. Yes. Who are we? That you will make your home in our hearts. Yes. 
Yahusha, our King, yeah. we prepare a table in our hearts for you. Yeah. Be with us every step of the way yeah. and help us to celebrate with joy the Feast of Tabernacles, thinking of you, feeding off of you every day in our life. Amen. Father, may you bless everyone, yeah. every family, our children, our yeah. parents. Remember those who may be sick. Yes. Nothing is impossible with you. Yes. You can do all things, loving Father. Yes. We trust you in all things. Yes. May you please do what is right and proper. If it be your will, we beg you now. May you heal your people who yes. are sick. May you bless those who are troubled. Yes. Those whose souls are in desperation. Yes. Release us from our pain. Give us peace, O oh Father. Yes. Comfort everyone. Yes. If because of what has happened recently, yes. the many calamities and wars, yes. if our loved ones have been lost, yes. we know, Father, there will be a great day when we will see them again. Yes. Loving Abba, please help us that we may see each other yes. on the great day when you will bring your people home. Amen. We believe, Father, that you have listened to our prayers. Yes, you have taught us what it means to trust you, yes. to hold on to you and to your promises. Amen. We ask and beg everything, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. unfailing love and tender mercies overshadow us yes. the memory and peace of Yahusha Hamashiach strengthen us yes. and the constant companionship of the Ruach Kadash be with all of us now and forever Amen, Amen.